welcome to the Circus of Wayward Wonders. Welcome to Roll for Combat, Three Ring Adventure. Hey everyone, welcome to Roll for Combat, Three Ring Adventure. I'm your GM and host, Stephen Glicker, and in this week's episode, we begin Extinction Curse Book 3, Life's Long Shadows, by Greg A. Vaughn. That's right, the infamous Greg A. Vaughn. So, for those of you brand new to Roll for Combat, welcome. If you don't want to listen to the previous 80 episodes, you do not have to. I will have a very, very quick recap of everything that has occurred in episodes 1 through 80 right here and right now. Now, this is a very short recap, but if you want to have more details, you can always check us out in the Discord channel. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com, go to the spoiler section. You can talk to myself or any of the other regular listeners if you have any questions or need to get caught up. We've set this up so that you can jump in at the beginning of any book and know what is going on. Also, I do want to mention that this week was the four-year anniversary of Roll for Combat. And if you listen to the intro on the Agents of Edgewatch podcast, I go through the whole history of how we all got together, how we all met, and how the Roll for Combat podcast came to be. I might have done this in the past because it's, you know, been 350 plus episodes in four years, but who knows? I don't remember if I did it. I'm sure I did, but hey, things have changed and updated since the last time I did it because probably the last time I did it, there was one podcast and there was definitely no Kickstarter. So we have updated and changed it. So expect a new one every year. So do check that one out. So those of you brand new, believe it or not, book three is probably the best time to come in because... Book one is often an introductory to an adventure path, and you just learn about the world, the location, and sort of the setting. Book two is where the main story comes to life, and you find out, okay, what is the point of the adventure path, and what are the PCs actually trying to do? And book three is where they actually start the adventure path in a lot of ways. Like, Book one and book two, I'd say, is where they do maybe the first quarter of the main adventure path. Because there's a lot of intro, there's a lot of backstory, and it's sort of a lot of like leading up into the main story. But you only usually find out the main story in the middle or the end of book two. So book three is a great place to start. With that being said, real quick, here's what happened. So we start out with book one, The Show Must Go On, by Jason Tondro. And we start off with our PCs. They are members of a circus called the Circus of Wayward Wonders. They recently left their old circus, the Celestial Menagerie, where they were sort of mistreated and did not enjoy being under the cruel Mistress Dustlight. So they left, they formed their own circus, and they decided to put on their very first show about a year after leaving the circus in the town of Aberton. And they called themselves the Circus of Wayward Wonders. They were about to start their show when suddenly... The ringmaster is found dead. Dun, dun, dun. That's right. The ringmaster is found dead. There seems to be something about Paizo and killing dwarves. Because that's also how Dead Sons started, which is kind of weird. Anyhow, they need to put on a successful show without the ringmaster, where they quickly learn the circus system, put on a successful show, and everyone is happy. Except they need to find out why and who killed the ringmaster. They do some investigation around the area. They find a halfling hiding out who was poisoning everyone, trying to kill everyone in the circus, and they have no idea why. They eventually investigate in town, find some demons of all things, 
This is where we start to find out about Alhara and a propensity to jump through stained glass windows. And we find out about Darius, and he seems to have this mark on him that seems to call to him and give him mysterious powers, but he has no idea what the heck it is. Eventually they find the demons are also trashing the town. They have no idea what's going on. They eventually find out that the halfling who killed the ringmaster was involved with a Gozrin temple outside town. So they go investigate that temple, and now that temple's filled with demons. So demons, demons everywhere. They find out after they rescue the Gozrins that the halfling that was part of the Gozrin temple started to become very unhinged because recently the area around the town was being affected by blight. Everything is dying. Like the land is dying, the crops are failing, the water's drying up, and the halfling, she blamed the townspeople for not only this, but the orb on top of the Erin Tower was failing. Now, real quick history for those who don't know Galarian. There are five Erin Towers that have what's called an Aeon Orb. Now, the land of Erin and Kortos, this very, very large island, is pretty much dead. It's a dead land. It was brought up from the bottom of the sea by the god of Aradin. And then to give it life, he found, he quote, found these five orbs. He brought them to the surface. He put them on top of these towers. And these orbs are responsible for making sure the Isle of Kortos and Erin always prosper. They pretty much keep the land alive. Without these orbs, everything will die because this place is a barren wasteland without the orbs. So the PCs go over to the tower and find out, sure enough, the orb is failing. The orb is really weak. There's something wrong with it. And this was made by a god who, by the way, is now dead. So if they can't fix this orb and find out what's going on, everyone's going to die. So they investigate the tower, and they learn that there's Zolgaths. Zolgaths, a.k.a. troglodytes, from the inner parts of the Earth have come to the surface and have taken over the tower and are trying to stop and corrupt the Aeon Orb. No one knows why. The heroes save the day, they kill the Zolgaths, they restore the orb, and everything is peaceful. Eventually, by the end of Book 1... They finish up the circus, they head on out because they are done, and they need to go to a much bigger place. So they go back to the largest city nearby, and that is the city of Eskadar, which is a port city. And that brings us to the book two, and that is Legacy of the Lost God by Jenny Zarzespi. Now this is where things get a little hairy, because the city of Eskadar also has the Circus of Wayward Wonders, which is where they ran away from. So they set up at the city, they find out that the cruel Mistress Dustlight and her Celestial Menagerie are a rival circus that must be crushed, but they also wanted to find out a little bit more about these Aeon Orbs and the Zolgath invasion. So they, you know, perform a circus, they do a little investigation, and they find out that, sure enough, something weird is going on in the city of Eskadar. They eventually find an old temple to the dead god of Aradin called Moonstone Hall. They find that there's lots of demons there, and there's lots of Zolgaths down there. And more importantly, they find out that this is where the Zolgaths first invaded the land. They find a gigantic hole 
leading to the Underdark, where the Zolgaths live, and they see visions of Zolgath's leaders and their plans to find all five orbs and either take them back or destroy them. Because it turns out that there were actually six orbs, and they belonged to the Zolgaths. And before Aridin stole them, the Zolgaths were actually a very peaceful, very prosperous, and quite advanced civilization. And they used those six orbs to sort of keep their society going. And the god Aridin popped down to the underworld, stole those five orbs, left them one, because he figured, eh, you only need one to survive, you don't need all six, I'll use the other five, brought them to the surface, and then used them to power his lands up above. Guess what? One orb was not enough. One orb is not nearly enough for the Zolgaths to live. Their society deteriorated. They became the monstrous creatures that they're known today. And they are sick of it. They're done. They're going to invade the surface. They're going to steal or corrupt all the Aeon orbs. And they're going to take them for themselves because the god Aridin is dead. And there's no one who can stop him. Plus... The Zolgaths have their god on their side, Zeb Gevazeb, which is the god of demons, and he is helping them out to extract their vengeance. The PCs learn of this. They realize, uh-oh, this ain't good. <laughs> we, we better help everyone. Otherwise, well, this is sort of like the center of the hub of the world. And if Kortos dies, then everyone's going to die. And no one seems to know anything about this because... Everyone in Quarto seems to be too busy with their own problems or partying their brains out. So it's up to the heroes to find the towers and to stop the Zolgaths and to make sure that none of the orbs get stolen or corrupted. Also, in the meantime, they also finally confront the cruel Mistress Dustlight, put an end to the Celestial Menagerie, the brother-sister combo of Darius Varus and Ahar Varus, Lots happen to them. They find their father, who has a lot of secrets to hide. It turns out that him and his wife, a.k.a. their mother, who's gone missing ever since they were babies, were actually secret mantis assassins. And on top of that, it looks like the god Ekachek is secretly talking to Darius and gave him magical powers so he can kill and assassinate people at will. So... Darius is going through lots of weird changes, and he's becoming part man, part mantis assassin, who knows what. Alhara doesn't know what to feel about her brother and her long-lost mother, who she thought was dead all this time, and now it turns out that she actually was some secret elite ninja assassin who is probably still alive and out there. Hap, who is a sorceress, turned out that she was sold to the Celestial Menagerie is actually half-genie, and she's trying to find out what her parents and her whole deal is. And meanwhile, Atron, they are a witch of curses, and they have their own Mishigash, where they are very interested in finding out more of what happened to Aroden and the Islanti culture, which is a long-dead ancient culture, super powerful, super mysterious, and suddenly... They are learning a lot more about Islanti culture and the Islantis because all these orbs and these towers were made by the original Islanti, Aridin himself. 
So there we go. I know that was a lot. I just threw a lot at you. But where we're picking up is that the heroes just found out they have to go to the other temples and fix those orbs. But by the way, one of the orbs was stolen. So there's only four orbs remaining. They saved one orb. There's three more. The good news is those three are kind of near each other in an area called the Swarthlands, which is the breadbasket of the Isle of Cortos. So they're heading out over there. They're going to do some circus shows. They're going to meet some people. They're going to check out those towers, maybe save them. They are done with the Celestial Menagerie. They don't have to worry about her anymore. They arrested her and put her in her place. They have their father with them so they can find out more about their history. And, of course, we're going to find out what happened to Alhara and her mother. We're going to find out what happened to Darius and him sort of being the right arm of the god of assassins of Ekachek. We'll find out more about Hap and what her whole deal of being half genie is and if she'll ever find her parents. And Acheron will finally get to learn all about the Aslantes and his favorite dead god, Aroden. Woof! There was a lot there. But if you need another recap or have any questions, feel free to talk with me on the Discord channel and I'll be happily go through all that with you. Or you could just listen to the past 80 episodes and listen to everything. That's right. Oh, in amazing detail. I think if you listen to it at 1.5 speed, it won't take you that long. You know, maybe only a few weeks. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's show notes. So because I had a very long intro, show notes will be very quick. Do check out the Roll for Combat Kickstarter. It's still going on. Battles of Bestiary. We just added a stretch goal where there can be 44 new pages of Dragon. That's right. The Dragon Ancestries book has doubled in size, or who knows? It's become really big. Every single type of dragon you've ever seen or heard of or imagined can now be in the Dragon Ancestries book, plus five possible new dragons invented by us over at Roll for Combat. All I can tell you is that these dragons are called the Wild Dragons, the Wild Bunch, if you will, and they are going to be known as Wild, all right? So check those out. Check out the Discord channel if you want to come over and chat. Just go to discord.rollforcombat.com. Do check out the Patreon. For as little as five bucks, you can listen to us live whenever we record and chat with us and get all the episodes early and other fun free things. And, of course, do check out the Roll for Combat website, and you can check out Jason's Talking Combat column, where he does a recap of every single episode every single week at rollforcombat.com. Anyhow, with that, let's get to this week's exciting episode. Last we left off, you managed to put an end to Mistress Dustlight and her evil, evil circus. You managed to bring her to justice... You managed to free the axe from being under her thumb, taking many of them in. You also freed up your dad, Marcel, to join you and help out your circus instead of working with Mistress Dustlight. You also had to spend several weeks rebuilding your circus after she viciously attacked your circus and killed some poor animals, including O. Bardoff. Poor Bardoff. But Too at least soon. Bardoff, at least Bardoff has a beautiful home in the grove near the beautiful pond and will forever be remembered. He's such a sweet boy. Lauren Sig is playing Hap, a human fire elementalist sorcerer. 
Gone too soon. Gone too soon. But isn't, isn't that where we found the other dead bear? Vanessa Hoskins is playing Alhara Veris, a half-elf gymnast swashbuckler. Yes, it seems to be the bear burial ground. It's turning into a thing. It's like elephants, but only bears. So it's the burial ground? Rob Tremarco is playing Darius Veris, a half-elf monk of the mountain style. It's the <laughs> burial ground. Oh my gosh. Atrod, <laughs> you get an extra hero point for that. <gasps> Yay. <laughs> what is this strange new generous Steven for this season? It is me welcoming Rob back since we have not spoken to him for so long that has to make it worth his while so he keeps coming back. Aww. In addition, you do have something else. That Hap is upset about losing the bear, but she gained an elephant, and she's getting along famously with Gigi. Gigi the elephant, you're having a lot of fun with her. Gigi's a woolly mammoth. A lot of fun to hang out with well, Gigi. Has Evora finally warmed up to me? Evora is actually warmed up to you, because we have been here for over a month. Over a month has gone by while you continuously repair your circus you deal with the remnants of mistress dustlight it turns out this mistress dustlight who you didn't manage to capture she was shipped off to absalom that is how serious her crime was because they didn't feel that they can handle it here so she is off to face the music so to speak so she is never ever gonna show up Ever wow, again. I feel bad. It's always hard to get cats in those cat carriers, so that must have been quite the fight. Oof. Should I give him another hero point? No. Can Othron have three in one <laughs> session? It should give us a hero point for enduring it. Oh, uh, I might have to. I might. Maybe Riley could get a hero point, and, uh, but only Riley can that's use cute. it. That's cute. I like that. Man, that's a good idea. Not going to happen yet. Anyhow, you also got a ton of loot. And you sold all that loot, more or less. You kept like five or six things. We won't go through the whole list. But in that time, a few things have happened. First of all, you're free. You're free. You're under the thumb of Mistress Dustlight. You, you don't have to worry about her. You can just put on your circus anywhere you want. The other thing is, is that you realize you have nowhere left on the Isle of Erin because there's only really two towns here. There's Aberton and Eskadar, and now you need to go somewhere new, and you have heard through various people coming in that Carrick is probably a good place for you to go next. The reason is that Carrick is on the western half of the Isle of Cortos. Carrick is right in the middle of the Swardlands, and the Swardlands is where all the farming and the timber and other resource management is done for Absalom. They are a very large community, and there's tons of small towns around that part of the world, and they don't really see a lot of entertainment. They're actually extremely hardworking, and that would probably be an excellent place for you to bring some happiness and joy, because these people don't really get to go to big towns. They're very much a working industrial society. And Carrick itself is a very, very busy port, so it's also an excellent place for you to set up shop and introduce your act to the rest 
of the Isle of Cortos because you're still not even close to being big enough to go to Absalom. Absalom, no, you are not going to make it there. Not yet. So that is a good place. However, before we get into that, a few other things happen. Darius. Yes? Rob Tremarco is playing Darius Varus, a half-elf monk of the mountain style. Darius, or should I say Sweerad? <gasps> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Scary. Pet Cemeterius. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> okay, Hap can get a... Not Hap. Actually, Riley can get a hero point for Yay! Pet Cemeterius. I like that. <laughs> Pet Cemeterius. You, um, you still don't feel yourself. Like, you're just not quite as jolly, not quite as fun as you used to be. I mean, you're trying, but you just become a lot more serious. You... Yeah, I'm definitely preoccupied with the whole situation. It's always on my mind, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and, and you, you're having very fitful sleep, very fitful slumber. You're not seeing anything yet, but you are having difficulty sleeping. You believe there's nightmares going on, but you can't remember any of them, and you often wake up in a cold sweat. But so far, no one has visited you. You've not seen your friend since, but you definitely are uncomfortable in your own skin. At some point, Darius will go to uh, Alhara and ask, Alhara. What? In the morning, I would like to train some speed drills with you. Trying to remember, get back into the groove of Uh, combat. Sure, anyone's allowed to join me. You don't need to ask permission. Well, I would need you to assist me. I mean, I, I do my exercises every morning. If you want to join, you can. I'm not going to stop you. Well, it's not like I'm doing them alongside you. I need you to be my partner. Hmm. Is that okay, or shall I find somebody else? No, I I can do it, I guess. Thank you. Out of character, I'm getting standstill back, so I need to help retrain that. Out of character, it's nothing personal. I understand. <laughs> Out of character, let's go into what you did in character. Ooh. So, a few other things. There's a lot that's happening. You have become level 9. Woo! Ta-da! Now, we have done something here at Roll for Combat, and rather than me explain it, why don't one of you explain this glorious new day? The start of a new era for Pathfinder 2 and Roll for Combat. How you build your characters. Go for it, somebody. Lauren, I think you should do the honors since you were the one who convinced Steven to enact this new change. I wanted to do the honors, but I didn't think I'd get to. That's so kind. All right, everyone, listeners at home, I have a theory, a headcanon, if you will. I think that Pathfinder 2 was meant to be played with the optional rule called Free Archetype from the GMG. Under this rule, at every level, you get an additional class feat that can only be spent for an archetype or a dedication feat. I kind of headcanon it that you get a class feat and an archetype feat, but I mean, technically you could get two archetype feats if you wanted to, right? And the reason I like this so much, I think that this is central to Pathfinder because it doesn't really power creep your math at all, or at least it doesn't have to, but it really lets you kind of flesh out a character a little bit more. And for example, I think we're gonna go down the list and kind of tell you how this changed our characters a little bit. For Hap, this just meant that 
I kind of was able to take more of the more flavorful feats that I wasn't able to take earlier. Like uh, the ones from Sorcerer and from Beastmaster. For example, instead of having to cast Speak with Animals all the time, I took Wild Empathy from the Beastmaster. Which makes so much sense for her, you know? On top of that, I got Entreat with Forebears, which is going to be absolutely useless. I get plus one to Diplomacy, Deception, and Intimidation check with genies. <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure that's going to be so useful. I took Cross-Blooded Evolution, now this is really cool, to take spells, Bloodline spells, from the genie spell list. So now, Hap's spell list is literally just a combination of the Fire spell list and the genie spell list. Yeah, so this is a really cool rule that I think should honestly be in every Pathfinder 2 game. Yeah, it's part of the, uh, what is it, GM the GMG Game Master Guide? Game Master's Guide. Yeah, it's part of the Game Mastery Guide, and it sort of has caught fire to the point that even the, the game tools that allow you to build your characters often now have it as an option, and it's it's just a free archetype. So instead of you having to spend your level two feet on getting an archetype, you just get it. You get it right away in the beginning. And to be honest, the math on Pathfinder 2 is already so hard, and they're not going to make it any... They're not going to make it easier anytime soon. This just helps make it a little bit easier, especially at the lower levels. And it also allows you to even further develop your character in such a unique way. And one of the strongest aspects of Pathfinder already is that everyone can build a character. And everyone's character is pretty different from one another. I've already seen several monks that are very different. I've seen several sorcerers. I've seen uh, several wizards, and they're, they're significantly different from one another. This is yet more ability to make your character very unique. Well, Gomez is an elementalist sorcerer, and he couldn't be any different than half, huh? Yes, exactly. And this just allows you to go even deeper. And there can be the possibility of power creep if you have power gamers, but as a GM, you have to be careful of that. Lies! How <laughs> dare you! You can't have power gamers. I guess Vanessa can go next. What are you trying to imply? <laughs> I'm actually not implying you at all, but I. Oh, I am. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it can happen. It can if you really go down a route of just, just attacks and just damage and nothing but that. So you do have to take it with a grain of salt that if you do this in your game, I would specify that it's meant to build up your character in terms of uh, story and ability and, you know, background and not necessarily to get more attacks and more feats. And to be honest, because of the three action system and the way reactions work, I have been seeing this happen, especially in higher level games. You get like three or four reactions. Great. You only get to use one around. And you start realizing you almost have too much. And it Unless starts you're a rogue with preparation. <laughs> well, well, you do get analysis paralysis where you almost have too much to do and you can't get to use everything. So it is um, the system kind of, at least so far, seems to be uh, self-balancing and self-correcting so far. But with that, who wants to go over their new characters and explain how they've changed? Because you've been here for so long. Since you've been here for about a month, there's plenty of time to retrain and update your character. So everyone's character is now slightly different than before. Not only do they have a new archetype, but some of you have even retrained, a.k.a. Darius, who was trying to get back some yeah. of his old abilities. Why yeah, don't you I'll, go first? Yeah, sure. 
So, for the archetype, what I've done is I've put that power that he had received from Achikek into that vein. So all those spells, the key stuff, and all the nifty clerical sort of energies go down that archetype, which freed up a bunch of things for regular Darius. So um, getting back some cool monk things. Among them will be the standstill ability. So if someone tries to move or stand up, I get to give, give them a little whack. If I critical, they don't go anywhere. And also uh, whirling throw, right? So I can grab something, then try and throw it somewhere. And also um, a little titan wrestling. Well, so I can throw some big things. Because I, I really do want to throw a dinosaur into somebody. Somebody. And then, I don't know if you remember the last time, uh, but all those abilities like I have for the uh, the Achikek kind of, uh, you know, agent or whatever, uh, are still there. Like the key strike and the spell, like, you know, a couple of spells, true strike, invisibility, heroism, and like some of my weapon, there's a weapon surge ability, which gives me extra damage when I punch. Uh, still there. And I think I squeezed out a little, little medicine, a little, little extra medicine. So I have robust recovery, which means when I treat disease or poison, the success gives a plus four, and a success counts as a critical success. So, a little, a little boost there. So, that's where I'm. That's, where I'm at. that's gonna that's help. That's super cool. That just that essentially doubles your ability to heal with battle <laughs> medicine and such. Yeah. So that's where uh, that's Darius, or Sweerad. Sweerad. Why does Alhara go next? All right. So I, I joked a little bit about being power gamey only because I did get a significant amount of ability from doing this. However, uh, it, it's for pretty good reason. One of the things is that when I built Alhara, she's very fast, she's very mobile, but she did, didn't really do like a ton of damage compared to, say, Darius with his big old 2d8 unarmed strikes. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to do 2d4 and a little bit of precision damage. Uh, so it helps her keep pace with the, the mobile striker that she's always meant to be. Uh, that said, uh, instead of Staff Acrobat at second level, I went ahead and took the Rogue Dedication. Part of that is because Staff Acrobat is not designed with, with this free variant rule in mind. Um, and it doesn't have, it does have like everything up through level 10. So, you know, two, four, six, eight, ten. But some of these are abilities that I already get from other feats and stuff that are just, just a waste, right? They're just, they're not doing anything and they're not things I'm going to use and they don't really go for what we're looking for, which is really increasing the flavor of the character. So instead I went with Rogue Dedication, which was originally my first choice in multi-class dedications before I saw Staff Acrobat and all the cool flavor it leads. So here's what we did. Uh, we started off with Rogue Dedication, which is pretty cool. I took Sneak Attacker, which is pretty darn neat. So I get a little extra precision damage when foes are flat-footed. So that'll help just overall increase my, my damage output. Uh, that allowed me to take Swaggering Initiative from uh, Swashbuckler, which is pretty darn cool. So I've, I've basically got plus two to initiative almost no matter what at this point. Uh, and I can pull a weapon as part of initiative. So I can be like, aha, I'm ready to go. Uh, I got, in the, along with Attack of Opportunity at level six, I also got Quick Draw from Rogue. So I took Basic Trickery and took Quick Draw. So now if I'm in the middle of the fight and I need to switch weapons, right? Oh, that is a demon? Oh, let me pull out the Cold Iron Pick or... Uh, I want to pull out 
my uh, my my dagger, which is now a throwing knife, and you know throw it at some enemy, I I can do that. And it's not like oh wait, let me switch to range, one action to pull it out, one action to throw it. I can just get right into the fight. At eighth level, I took staff acrobat dedication, so it's still in the build, but I don't have any room for staff sweep anymore. Instead, I have room for bleeding finisher. So instead of just confident finish, I have bleeding finish, which does a ton of persistent damage. And it is going to be perfect for those really big, hard to kill enemies that I just need to take down. And uh, last but not least, uh, I actually grabbed a third dedication at ninth level, martial artist dedication, where, you know, Alhara has been watching Darius move and, and some of the things he does to get a lot of power out of his punches. And she has, uh, she's been mimicking some of those, training on her own, and now has D6 fist attacks. So she's going to be doing pretty darn good. We trained together. We, well, it's helping. Aww. It's helping. I want to help. Up, up until recently, when things changed, sure. Sure. Brother, you're, you're a bit different than you were before. Still Darius. Mm, remains to be seen. Strong and growing? Yep, that's me. So what did Hap get? Oh, uh, no, I did all mine. That's it. That's what I get. I could talk better to genies with and treat with forebears. I could have wild empathy so I can communicate with animals without having to use the spell to do it. I took cross-blooded evolution so that I can add all of the genie bloodline spells into my bloodline spells. So that's kind of a big deal. Mm, nice one. And they're not even like useful spells really like when you look at him it's like enlarge you know i can cast enlarge on darius that's not going to come up very often Ooh, yeah i want to be big i can cast <laughs> enthrall with fascinates like everyone that sees you but like fascinate doesn't do anything in 2e so it's not super relevant you know they're the genie spells and you know i really want genie to start coming out like i want it to as she gets like more and more leveled up i want her to become more and more unrecognizable from the level one half to where now like by level 20 she's just like this full-on like ifrit hap you know this just helps me do that well what about last but not least Atiran, who from what i can tell is slowly on the path of learning every spell in pathfinder oh my goodness Atiran is certainly delving into all the magical secrets that they can so Atron had already been working with their Book of Shadows, where they commonly took notes and wrote up details of everything that they had experienced since they left Nadal. They took time with the Knights of the Aeon Star at the Monastery of St. Sarnax, since they'd been already working with the Knights um, with their time there, to flesh out the spellbook that they were making. So with the free archetype, Atron now has talents with up to third-level arcane spells, through wizardry. I chose not to invest further into the sorceress spellcasting that Atron had developed because that's something Atron's really exploring as they adventure. Where does that divine power truly come from? Where studying, because Atron is rather brilliant and realizing that more as they get more exposure to the world and other people, that comes rather naturally. So developing that spellbook and pretty much focusing on some useful utility spells and Adding to the versatility uh, was where they focused. Of course, being level 9 also, Atron got to pick up uh, an Ancestry feat and picked up Multi-Talented, which, while I could have tried to pick up something primal and 
make it even more diverse. That's not really where Atron has focused yet. And I picked up an alchemist multi-class in order to really show the investment that Atron continues to have in their brewing and their alchemy, which we've already seen a number of times, especially their work at the circus. So that'll make it a bit easy to make some quick alchemy on the fly. Of course, there was um, some skill benefits of picking up another multi-class too, and I really just chose to have Atron lean into their athleticism, having to adventure so much, but also working with Alhara. It's hard to avoid and not be excited seeing her and everything she practices and does every day. Hoorah! Yeah. There's a, a bit of spell casting learned, of course, as an actual witch for fifth level spells now, which will be useful. I'll wait till those actually come up in game to focus on those. But otherwise, Atron is much as they were, just continuing to learn and develop their spellcasting talents as they explore the greater world beyond Nadal. Wait, did three of us, or did all of us take multi-talented to get an extra dedication fee at ninth? Well, I did. Yeah. Um, did did Sweerad take multi-talented at ninth? No. Okay, so yeah, three of us did, because I picked up Bard so that I can start going back in the Hap's roots where I wanted her to be like a Bard pyrokineticist. It's a great feat. Yeah, it just, it makes it so much easier to tell an interesting yeah. character yep. story. And it's the the flavorfulness that that's I, I think what we've already seen through the free archetype and just our evolution and maturation through the different um, leveling that we've done is things that have come up in game that we've been role playing are just more easily reflected now through the options we've been able to take. Yeah, my original plan never included uh, a wolf, but here we are. Yeah, well, that, that came up through the story, and it's rather adorable, so. He's the goodest boy. Mm-hmm. So, a month or so has gone by. We'll say a little bit more than a month. Time to move on. Before you leave your beloved Escadar, where there's oh so many food options, boy, are you going to miss Ugh. all them foods. What do you wish to do, anyone, before it's time to head on off to the next town and put it on the show to new people? I would definitely like to go to Larry's Lukewarms and get, like, a crate full of, <laughs> of wraps and other sandwiches, maybe some potato salad, and bring that all back to the circus for us to have, like, a, a good meal while we're on the ship heading over to the Isle of Cortos. Larry, uh, Larry's lukewarm, who now knows all of you quite well, especially Alhara. You know, Alhara, if you take all of this and if you put it into a bag of holding, because of the superior lukewarm flavor of my ingredients, it will continue to hold the perfect flavor, even if you eat it weeks later because the bag of holding should keep it fresh at all times i did not understand that property of the bag of holding i have one right here so in that case we're we're heading on the ship in a week if if you can get me like 17 cases of of wraps and sandwiches and potato salad you know i'll, I'll come every day with as much as you're able to make and buy it off of you so we've got it for the road 
Yeah, it's it's not that time stops inside of a bag of holding. It's that it doesn't really have much air. So there's no bacteria or other things inside uh-huh. of a bag of holding to really make the food go rotted. And unlike, you know, Halen's Hots or Caleb's Cold, you don't have to worry about the temperature of my food. Hence the superiority of Larry's Lukewarms. Well, that's what I was thinking, too. Uh, fantastic. Well, I'll take as much as you can make in the next week and i'll come over daily to pick it up excellent i will have crates ready for you and do spread the word and by the way if you want to open up a franchise while you're over there uh no 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 no. i i I don't have time for that oh okay well you know if you ever want to have a franchise or maybe a larry's lukewarm stands in the circus you just let me know we'd be happy to make arrangements because you know it's easy lukewarm food you don't have to worry about refrigeration you don't have to worry about heating you just make it and you're ready to go Superior in every way. Hamlin storms out of his store. <laughs> you. Oh no. You have no idea. Lukewarm is the bottom of the barrel. You have to put that on a ship. You have to, because nothing keeps on a ship. Nothing. You have to cook something fresh to make it delicious. You have to accept lukewarm as the bottom level of food. I, I don't know. These chicken anchovy wraps are pretty good. Yeah, they're mm-hmm. fine. Mm-hmm. If you like Gross. garbage, enjoy your trip. Thank you for your business. F you, Larry. <laughs> and he goes back into the restaurant. Then Caleb comes out. What he said, and he goes back into his restaurant. We have truly left this town a better place. <laughs> Mr. Larry, how do you handle spicy food that even though it's room temperature, it still tastes hot? Well, we get all these special ingredients. We get these spices and peppers, and we put it inside the food to add a little flavor to it. That way, you don't actually have to make the food hot. By making the food spicy, it acts as if it has heat inside of it. None of that artificial heat that uh, the other two have to worry about and coldness, you know. Ooh. They, they don't know what they're talking about. They're, they're hampered by temperature. While I, I am free to experiment in all the various spices and flavors because temperature is not my mistress. I'm going to go have lunch at, at Hamlin's Hots. That guy gets me. Alhara <laughs> just is happy to know that she's got essentially infinite rations, at least for the next several months. Right. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't mind lettuce wraps, like, ugh. You're I mean, get so tired right, of that. Exactly. You're like, oh, here, I got yeah, wrapped. but she doesn't have to eat it. It's just like, hey, everyone right. who wants you some coleslaw. You don't have to eat it. You uh-huh. just like, what is this? I don't even know what this is anymore. A wrap? What do you call this? What do you put on a plate? I know what it is. F- I'm just I not going like to bother eating. I'm buying this Ford? for you. How do you, this what is, is this again? This is supposed to be Flube. something I'm doing. What do you call this stuff you put in your mouth and swallow? Maybe this is a time to... Interject that I can now magically create food. The taste will be what? pretty much bland and terrible, but it will be very nourishing for you. O'Hara pulls out one of the wraps and just throws it at Darius. Catch it. I don't want a wrap. I want to say goodbye to the Knights of Aridon. It doesn't have to be a big deal, though. You know, just on the way out. Just yeah. Hey, Otteron definitely does as well. You show up at the Knights of Aridon, and they're they're so sad to have you leave, but they completely understand. And 
and they go on to explain, well, um, you, you, I hear you're, you're going to Carrick. Yes, Carrick, Carrick. Do, do you need any help or information? Uh, I, we, can, we can give you some basic information if you want and uh, help you prepare for your trip. Uh, we, we were so sad to see you go. This has been the most exciting month I, I can ever remember. This has been years since we've had so much excitement with you around. Oh, we're going to miss you so much. Atron would nod to half and then back to the night. Yes, I, I think that would be very helpful. Thank you. You guys have been so helpful. Like, my life has totally changed just from meeting you and being so kind to me, so thank you. Our lives, too. We didn't even know we wanted a daughter. You're the daughter we never had in Atron. You're the son we've never had. Oh. <laughs> and they're just crying. And then Riley comes over and starts licking their faces like, and you're the dog we never had. Oh. And they're like all petting Riley and giving him treats. Mm, yes, um, child anyway, but thank you. I appreciate your sentiments, yes. You have been very good, um... Um, not that I knew my father's father, parents, I do not know, but you have been very kind and generous, and thank you for your help. Here, here, we put together a little going away basket for you, and there's, like, every sweet Oteron could imagine is, like, in there. In fact, there's probably 20 pounds of chocolate and hard candy and sugary treats and lollipops and every single thing you can think of is inside this basket. Thank you. I will think of you before I finish it all on the trip, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, well, well, you should make sure you share some of that with Hap. And did, did, and they look at each other like, did we label the dog biscuits for Riley? And then they're like, oh, um, well, some of those are dog biscuits. Um, I'm sure you'll figure it out on the way. Uh, but yeah, they're in there somewhere. I think we forgot to label them, but don't worry. Don't worry. Uh, none of it will hurt you. Oh, thank you so much. Yes, yes. But try not to give any of the sugary treats to Riley. He'll be upset for his stomach. Yes, I, I will make sure to check everything first for, for safety. And here, here. And, and they give you a map. And sure enough, the map is very helpful of uh, the Swartlands which is where you're heading to. And they say, yes, yes, you're going to Carrick. You know, Carrick is a very interesting uh, town. It's it's very modest in size, but it's a very, very busy port as it is the provider of uh, the hinterlands by boat in the city of Absalon and beyond of, of many, many foodstuffs and timber and other materials. If you look here and they show you, see, see, here's Carrick and there's many, many smaller towns all around. And if you see to the east, this is where the farmlands are. And to the southeast, that is the Great Emmerwood, where they cut down and they get the large timber to make some of the largest ships in the world. It's really quite an amazing place. I believe uh, Aradin purposely designed this part of the world so that it was very easy for us to access so many natural resources. And Carrick itself is right on a river near the hills. It's perfectly located, perfectly located. And they start going on and on about how genius Aradin was of actually putting such a perfectly designed area for humans to utilize in the uh, Isle of Cortos. Did, did they want to come with us? 
Oh, no, no, we, we have so much work here. Uh, we've learned so much between all the artifacts you brought us and the Moonstone Hall that we're going to be probably spending the rest of our lives just studying in the Moonstone Hall library. It's been so interesting and fascinating now that it's been rediscovered. Yes, yes. But, but thank you, thank you. Maybe we'll write you some letters of correspondence, let you know how, what we find. Oh, please do, please do. Yes, we would love that. We would love that. Yes, yes. Yes, I should um, probably learn how to cast sending so I can contact you. I, I will make that a priority. Oh, please do, please do. Well, farewell. We will miss you terribly. Mm. But uh, if we need you, we will have means of getting in contact with you. Don't worry. As we also, don't forget, have many magical, mystical arts. And with that, he like he like does a little flare in the air and nothing happens. And then he's like, and mystical arts. And he tries it again and nothing happens. And he's like, did I forget to learn the right spell today? And he starts like muttering and like going off into the distance. Ataran just smiles graciously and bows their head um, before looking to half and heading out. Yep, let's head out. All right. Anyone else? I think Darius might have to say goodbye to Kat. Mm. Uh, no, she became weird. <laughs> you don't even leave a note wow oh. no she was weird in the first place it was a three-way and then she got all emotional about it eh, red flag sorry bye wow gotta be careful with those catch and feels sweet rad damn man nah. it's, it's okay Heartbreaker. There, he's turning into an assassin out. anyway it's it's the circus life for him hmm Yep, cutting off all those personal connections. What could go wrong? There's no, uh, there's no, there's no weddings. There's no, there's yep. no permanence. Can't gotta... plan for the long term when your soul's bound to some evil deity. That'd be crazy. Yeah, that's nuts. When yep. did it become weird? That's what I want to know. <laughs> the next, like, it was like a couple of days later, and and like she was all like, "Oh, you didn't call," you know, like it was very, like, ugh, no way. Didn't even text. No one's going to be holding Darius down. I'm on Darius's side. She was a little too into it. And it right. Like she was a fan like who wanted to stability. touch his muscles yeah. and is weirdly obsessed with him. Yeah. He had a nice fun night and then she made it weird. So let's. It, it got real creepy. It got creepo and let's, let's go to another island. Thanks. Wow. <laughs> Darius heartbreaker. He's leaving. He's leaving heartbreak and Oof. island and port city after city. All right, well, good thing, uh, good thing, Muscle Fancy really didn't leave too many islands or areas. We'll find yeah, it out. Yeah, was just that. <laughs> um, I, we'll see. I don't know. I maybe he did a lot of uh, posing for artists, so who knows what magazines they'll yeah. find in the new place? That's true. But you were based in uh, Escadar, so they right, knew right. pretty yeah. well here. So. Maybe your fame has preceded you. I guess we'll find out. Uh-oh. Uh-oh, indeed. We need to hire security. <sighs> he is the security. That's I am the, security. That's, that's the worst part. <laughs> He's guarding his own body. Security for security. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's like being a security guard or, or a bodyguard for The Rock. Yeah. Oh, right. <laughs> He's got him. Oh, I know he does. Anyone else? 
Otherwise, it's off to sea we go. Lanto bo ho do 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 do. Nope. Yeah. Okay. You also sold a whole bunch of stuff. You bought some stuff. We'll go through that when you're fighting. People have new spells, new abilities, new runes. Blah blah blah. Anyhow, with that, you load everyone up onto the boat. You got all the new acts, you got all the animals, you got Marcel's coming with you, the professor, and you head off, and sure enough, on the dock, you see Cat. And she's like, uh, Darius, Darius, I'll miss you, I'll miss you. And she's like, throwing kisses to you and kisses. And she's like, and I'll tell you the name of the baby after it's born. Bye, bye. If she's blowing kisses, I'm going to use May Chance to smack her kisses out of the air. I got you, Aria. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, goodbye. <laughs> goodbye, Darius. Bye. And she's like crying and she's all upset. They're there. They're there. What well, have you learned? No, no, no. This is like you are you're on the ship. Oh, she's like goodbye, like waving with a handkerchief. Yeah, yeah, she's waving. She's waving while you're like on the ship. Oh, so she's wearing one of the customary large hats that you're supposed to wear when you wave goodbye to people on a ship. Yes, yes. yes. Okay, good. Just make it yes. sure. Yes. Otherwise she'd have to be arrested. Yes, no, she is uh everyone's waving because you know that's just something you do. When ships leave, people wave. So you're hearing all We're this gonna wave back. And you hear in the background, does somebody have flight? Can someone cast flight on me and bring me to the ship of my lover? Ready the arbalest. I wish they would. <laughs> oh my goodness. Load cannons. No. <laughs> no one brings her up on that offer. O'Hara pulls out her throwing knife and like keeps <laughs> it up in the air. Wow. Throw it on her. Gust of wind. She crashes into the ocean. Mm, poor, poor cat. Yeah. <sighs> Another successfully performed circus, and many, many hearts were broken. Off to a new town and break new hearts. Here we go. Cue music. Do 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 do. So the voyage is not that long. It's actually just a few hours because Escobar oh. is only a couple of hundred miles from Carrick. You know, it's like it's like a long day, but it's not that long. I mean, it's only. Looking at it, it's, it's like only... taking the train to New York City, which I haven't done in like a year and a half. It's 150 miles. Nice. So it's not that long. It doesn't take that long to do. And you're on a pretty big ship, so we'll say a day. Nice. Cool. So you get to Carrick. Carrick? Let's see. Yeah. Any distinguishing features as we approach? You know, like a giant statue in the water, or a giant ancient. Well, we wouldn't see anything Thessalonian, but who knows? Mm, I don't know. Let me Is see. there like a big stone circle with a bunch of runes in it? No. I mean, we could go there. Maybe go to the Gold Goblin. Eh? <laughs> eh? What the hell are you guys on about? Riddleport. I have oh, no okay. idea what you're talking about either. This is what happens when you just, you're in Galarian far too much. Riddleport. And the Cypher Gate. Yeah. Before you get there, as you know from just talking to the, the knights that... Carrick is a settlement. It's got a little less than 4,000 people. It's mostly humans, but it also has a good mixture of halflings and half-elves and other ancestries. Their primary exports, their fruit, grain, livestock, lumber, and vegetables. They are very active 
in supplying all of those to the city of Absalom, as well as all the nearby cities within the Isle of Cortos, as well as other nearby areas. But they are the breadbasket for Absalom. Without Carrick and the Swartlands, Absalom would starve because this is where everything comes from. So, you are approaching the city of Carrick, and the docks are bustling as your vessel arrives. And you can see that the town itself does not look very large, but the port is gargantuan. Especially in comparison to the size of this town. Because as you know, this is a port city and everything seems to come and go via the port. So this is a bustling city port. You arrive at the port, and they are getting ready, and Daddy Darius will take care of organizing all the animals. And he asks for you, or tells you, to go ahead and look to secure some land or somewhere to actually put the circus. He wasn't too worried, since this is an area of farmland, and there's a lot of open, flat land. He wasn't too concerned about this beforehand. So you are in the bustling town. What do you do? Mm. Unless someone knows who we should be talking to for our land area, for our circus, I think we should ask around, find the right um, city official, maybe? Yeah. Is there a harbor master we can talk to who might know where to point us? Oh, that's a good idea. Yes, you, uh, you, you go over to the harbor master, but the harbor master is extremely busy loading and unloading various ships, especially yours, because yours has such a wide variety of, uh, <laughs> of cargo with circus animals and the like. And suddenly, through the bustle of the town docks, a distinctive figure appears. He is a human of medium height and middling age, with thinning salt and pepper hair swept back from his brow. Above bushy eyebrows, he has thick button chopped sideburns and a neatly trimmed mustache above a smooth shaven chin. He wears the sombre formal guard of a solicitor or an undertaker. A small flower pinned to his lapel is a sullen shade of purple. His eyes sweep the crowd as if searching out someone only to align onto you. As he immediately smiles and raises his ornate walking cane in salutations, says, Ah, greetings, Circus of Wayward Wonders. May I introduce myself? And he comes over and he does a very elaborate bow. He says, I am Oprah Vandy. I am the master of Carrick Grange and mortician to the good people of Carrick and its surrounding. I believe you are the members of the circus, are you not? We yes. are. Yes, that is us. Oh, that is so, so good to hear. Please, please. And, and he's like, he's, he's trying to like usher you into the city and getting out of the way of all the bustling docks and everything. And Atron will start to follow watching the others can I make a perception check to get a feel for his, like, attitude and his sure. guarding of us? All right. Yep. He, um, he seems to be completely sincere and doesn't seem to have any bones in his bodies that actually would hide anything from what you can tell. 
All right. And uh, as as you meet him, he takes a, a handkerchief, and it's the same color as his boutonniere, and he starts uh, mopping his Ooh. brow. Uh, and he he goes, yes, yes, I've I've heard all about you from Eskadar, and I am the head of the local agricultural association. And I thought that having a traveling circus in this area would be wonderful for both the economy and the morale of the people of the Swordlands. You know. And then he sort of says this like under his breath, though. You know, times have been really bad lately, so this is an excellent time for some good wholesome fun and this just might be the thing to put the spring back in people's step and in light of that and hearing of your arrival i have taken the opportunity to secure land for you in the surrounding area so you can put on a show for the people of carrick um uh, well, thank you very much for you have um, saved us time then and a lot of help. Um, and I am sure we will be able to help Carrick and the surrounding lands. It's something we care much about, partially why we are here besides the circus, yes. And Atron looks to the others. Yeah, the Circus of Wayward Wonders will dazzle and delight young and old alike. So I was curious about this area. Do you have any... Uh, Athletic competitions, any sports? Oh, oh no! I'm, I'm quite sorry. We have nothing of the sort. Everyone here really works very hard, and everyone has such bat-breaking jobs, being farmers and, and lumberjacks and the like. There's nothing like that. Although hmm. there is a festival coming up nearby in a in a week or so, I I believe they have such activities in the nearby festival that you could uh, visit if you if you so like. I'm sure yeah. they would also very much enjoy your circus. Is there a way we could have a booth in the festival, or like a stage, so we could maybe do a little performance there? Yes, yes. Uh, why don't I... Uh, uh, and, he, and he goes on to explain. He's like, well, why don't I uh, have dinner with you tonight at, at my house, and I can give you the lay of the land, as there's not just the community of, of Carrick. Uh, there's so many small towns in the Swardlands. I believe that you should probably perform in various... Uh, towns nearby. I think I think you should be able to put on shows in uh, in three or four distinct locations to get the maximum spread. So I will go back and study the maps, and then tonight I could uh, explain this to you, and we can go over it. That way, you can get the biggest bang for your buck, if you will. <laughs> we wish to go to the festival. Y um. Yes. Um. Maybe they have um, something with uh, throwing the large um, timber and wood. Yes, uh -huh. maybe you can yeah. do this. Yes. Wood-based wood activities. Yes, yes. They have many, many activities at the festival. But as I said, that's not for a couple more weeks. And that's, that's actually not here. That's over in... That line was just for the musical theater fans out there. Yes, yes, there's the Stump Festival at Turpin Rove, and I presume that would be an excellent place for, for you not to have a booth, but to set up your entire circus, and that's not for a few more weeks, 
so you have plenty of time to prepare. You could put on a show here, perhaps, and then head on over to the Stump Festival and, you know, both partake in the festival and put on your show. I think that would be an excellent idea. Oh, two shows in two weeks. I bet we could pull it off. Yes, yes. Here, here, let me help you. And, and he, he heads over to the Dock Master and uh, talks to him very quickly. And uh, suddenly the Dock Master snaps his fingers and you see three times more men and women starting to unload your ship and it seems to be going at a rapid pace to make sure everything is taken care of for your circus and all the members of the circus. Oh, please be gentle with that ostrich. He has a sensitive stomach. Yes, yes. I, I of course, will arrange temporary housing for the circus personnel, equipment, animals, and assorted paraphernalia until you can get yourselves organized on the parcel of land that we picked out for you. Thank, thank you, um, Upper Vandy, Mr. Vandy, yes? Yes, yes, yes. You may call me Mr. Vandy or Upper. Yes, um, we will, um, graciously accept, uh, this dinner and we'll be very, um, thankful for information of the other towns around here. It seems, um, your, uh, interest in us, um, will be, uh, very good for your town and your people's um, celebration if they are working so hard, but uh, we are also thankful for the assistance of the local areas. So th thank you. I do not wish you to think we are only focused on this contest. We want to entertain your people um, as much as we learn of them and their lands. Yes, yes. As I said, it would be excellent opportunity for you to help out the the many people in this part of the world is they've been working so hard and things have been going so poorly for the farmers and loggers of this area that it really really would be something to take their mind off their troubles yes and let me let me bring you over to the market square on the outskirts of town this is where we hold seasonal festivals and market fairs and this would be an excellent place for you to put on your circus and as this town is not that large, it'll literally only take you like five minutes to get over there. Oh boy. It's, it's really close, so you don't have to worry about it. Hopefully we will help um, make everything easier for your people and the uh, lands here. So sure enough, he goes right on the outskirts of town. It's a perfect location, completely flat, no evil forests or bogs or anything else nearby. It's actually very clear to see in every direction. Plus, if you put up your big tent right here, ships coming in will be able to see it from the Ooh. sea. So it's it's Ooh. like a perfect location for you to put your circus. And it means it's close to all the restaurants. Mm-hmm. Very nice. He says, so these market grounds belong to the Carrot Grange, but I've arranged for them to be let out to you for the bargain price of just five silver per night, provided that you buy all supplies and labor needs locally from Carrick. Now, I imagine you're going to be doing that anyhow, so this is just a formality. Sure. That sounds uh, reasonable. Excellent, excellent. Glad to hear it. And he shakes each of your hands very vigorously. He says, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see your show. Please feel free to advertise. And if you want to put up some posters, I'll give you a list and tell you where the best places to advertise are. And everyone will know all about it. I'm sure your first show will be a smashing success. Now, that is, is very much appreciated. I do not mean to cut you off, but um, can I ask you of... We have seen some 
Zolgas activity lately? Are there Zolgas known to be in this area by chance? Zolgas. Are those uh, lizard people? They are mostly uh, subterranean people, which actually a long time ago they had a larger civilization here, but um, suffice to say there have been some dangerous tribes or groups that have been active. So, just if you heard of anything related to Zolgas, um, or smell would... of anything related to Zolgas, yes, you would certainly smell. Please let us know. Hmm, I can't say that I have him, and we've had many, many problems here, mostly with crops failing and other issues, but nothing like attacks or Zolgas, as you call them. No, nothing like that. Uh, all of our problems seem to be nature related. Oh, yes, if you have, um, Maps or direction to the Aeon Towers, that would be good, too. Yes, uh, the Aeon Towers. Interesting. Okay, yes. Uh, is there anything else you need? I'll make sure I arrange all that for tonight's dinner, that you have what you need. Uh, as I said, I'll put together a list of towns and give you a map of the area, but is there anything else? Perhaps any known entrances or exits underground, particularly to various Shadowlands? Come on, Optron, we can do this later. We just got off the boat. <laughs> I'm tired. Well, if if he is preparing maps, these will be good for us to know as we travel. Oh, but it's so boring. Yeah, but it's prudent. We have work to do besides just the circus, you know. Uh, I just do not wish us to be unprepared. And if he is offering to help so we can also help the people, this is good to know. Hmm. Well, um... I don't know any of this, but um, sure, sure, I'll uh, ask around. I'll see if the mayor knows anything or some of the other local leaders, but um, uh, no, that's nothing I'm really aware of. But uh, yes, I'll do what I can to help you out tonight. Thank you. It is um, very appreciated. So, so excellent to meet you. We're very excited, very excited to have you here. A circus, a circus in our town. Who would have thought? Who would have thought? Oh, oh, I'm very excited. Uh, you're going to have the best dinner tonight, the best food you can imagine. Make sure you bring your appetites. Huh. Okay. I always do. Great. Thank you very much. And I meant Darklands, not Shadowlands. I'm sorry. It has been a long day. Travel. Um, tired. Sorry. Thank you, thank you. Uh, a good day, a good day. And he does a very large, elaborate bow and disappears quickly into the crowd. And you are kind of left on your own in the open area. And sure enough, the circus is sort of appearing behind you. And you can see that they're being organized and ushered by dockhands into various houses and stables and other Ooh. areas. And it looks like this guy really was prepared for you. I hope... He is purely interested in our help, and Atron's like looking to the other three kind of intently, setting up so much for us already. I mean, I'm sure people get excited about the circus, but hopefully he is hoping we will help with some of the other problems. It is a lot of work that he has done already. Well, it would make sense to help him with some of these other problems, and plus, as we get to know the locals, maybe we'll find out a little bit more about what's been going on and see if any of them have seen or smelled any Zolga. Yes, I'm I'm hoping maybe he can ask and if they are ahead of us and have already traveled here or had to who knows how the caverns work between the two islands then um, hopefully we will hear before they do anything 
too disastrous. So everyone seems to be getting settled in. You have a few hours before you need to meet Mr. Vandy at Vandy House. What a uh, what a fortuitous name. So what do you do? Hmm. Um, I guess we start helping set up at our new site, right? Definitely. Yeah, that seems to be the first order of business. Survey the sure. area. Survey yeah. and make sure it's safe. Last site we got had a bunch of problems with it. That's a good <laughs> idea. We do have like, you know, like carnies or like circus folk who can set everything up. We can kind of walk around town and get a lay of the land and stuff. We should at least look at where that's going to be and oh, yeah. manage that process for about an hour. Make sure it seems safe there. And if there are any threats there, we'll take care of them because we're the heroes after all. Well, we are there, aren't we? Didn't Vandy take us there? Yeah, you're there. And you yeah. look around and oh, there's, a, there's a squirrel. Up oh, there's a gopher. They might be dire. Ooh. They might be evil. That's dire about gopher. the extent of the evil wildlife and animals in this area. It's completely wide open. It's completely flat. There's nothing nearby. And it's been flattened by countless numbers of festivals and other affairs that have occurred in the past in the site. So it is, well, it is as perfect as it can be. Very cool. Can I ask that well, squirrel and that gopher, like, oh <laughs> what, what predators are around here? What are we done? Trouble? Really? Is that what you do? Yeah. Only predators are big humans like you, and they run away. <laughs> okay, I'm fine with that. Truth. I just want to make sure, you know, it's not like, well, we've been getting eaten by the skeleton, you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, if you want, you definitely listen for the weird tales the animals have to tell. Yeah. Mm. The stinky ones come out of the ground and grab our necks. You know, that's Yeah, exactly, thing. exactly. <laughs> but nope, it's just us. We're the stinky ones. Let me tell you, here's my Darklands map. Oh, there it is, Octoron. The Gopher oh, yeah. mm, I think <laughs> Octoron's going to go around town uh, just talking with people that maybe are taking a quick break or, you know, um, yep. Yep. maybe Some... doing a little work. Um, and Octoron will try to help, but ask of, like, what kind of things they want to see in the circus. Tell them a bit about Circus Wayward Wonders. And, you know, if Octoron happens to learn a bit of, you know, hmm. some of the issues plaguing the farmlands or different merchants and you know so much the better like a gather information sort yeah, of thing yeah maybe like a little gather information i don't know maybe diplomacy <laughs> check all right oh um did i really get that free hero point you have two hero points great then i will Ooh. use one to roll again yeah that was a pretty mediocre roll yeah i rolled a five or 20 yeah better than that oh yeah sweet i rolled an 18 33 you really good with people now. Could your okay. luck actually be turning around? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to give it to you, and you can you can relate it to everyone. Ooh, I like Diplode. I heard that as a dip load, like a load of dip. Mm, yes. It gave Onion. me a really strange mental picture. Oh, Diplode. I see. Like, it's for, instead of Diplomist. Yeah, yeah, I just need to abbreviate everything. No, 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 that's way cooler. Diplo. I actually thought you were talking about, like, the really easy-to-use Legos. Oh, nice. Duplode. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, should I immediately relay the information, or are other people doing things, so I might not be able to relay it immediately? I'm window-shopping restaurants. Okay. Probably while we all travel together, though, you know. Yeah, like, we're all together. I mean, if Atron talks to somebody over here, I'll check out a... 
shop over here and get like, oh, here's here's a guy selling um, fried fried uh, wraps. Let's get some. So at one point when we're traveling back down the road again to go to one of the other shops or something, Adoran says, everyone is pretty much talking about how in the last few seasons, just the weather's bad and not good for growing, but the harvests aren't good anyway. And the more they try to talk to some of their priests and, you know, oracles, they just seem upset and don't have much to say other than, you know, we will pray and look concerned. That's not too good. They, they seem a little excited about that um, stump festival and that they will make sure to go. Um, but everyone seems rather just mm, what uh, has um, bad morale because they are worried about basically their main means of living and making a, making money for food and let alone making the food itself. So I, I, I'm, I'm sure the circuits will bring some hope for them, but it seems like the Aeon Tower's failing is really impacting them just on a widespread level. I'm sure we would hear such from similar towns the way they talk. Seems like it's just everyone's kind of gossiping about it open, openly. Hmm. I hope there's something we can do to fix them. Mm, well, besides fixing the towers and the orbs, we're going to have to find the one that was stolen, too. That's true. At least, uh, at least there's no overwhelming dangers, at least from what I heard, which means if the Zolgas have gotten here ahead of us, they are probably focused on the towers. Yeah, and I suppose folks mostly spend time on their farms or in town and don't really go to these weird old towers. Yes, I'm, I would assume. We're assuming it's Zolgath still. We don't know what new nefarious things have begun their work. Well, we knew those different Zolgaths came together at the Moonstone Temple. Mm. So they weren't there, so I assumed they left before we arrived, but how long that takes in the Darklands travel, because I doubt they took a boat. <laughs> Although mm. that, wouldn't that be odd? But who knows where they come up. That's why if the uh, um, Opa Vandy, if he knows any maybe entrance or dangerously known caves that could be something but we will have to watch carefully hopefully he will have at least some lead for us based upon our questions okay is there anything else you wish to do before we cut to dinner i don't yeah, think we, so i'll try to make sure yeah. to like take note of the important places that they'd have to go to like pick up things and ingredients and the like sure well, sure alhara's gonna alhara's a little concerned She's going to basically spend some time patrolling around the town, just flitting from here to there, looking around, just basically trying to make sure, like, I don't know, they weren't followed or they ju we just have so many troubles with Mistress Dusklight and everything that she's a little paranoid at this point. So I'd like to roll Perception just to get a feel for what's going on in the town as she uses that time to just observe. Sure. Ooh, I rolled well, 32. As far as you can tell, there is uh, no one paying any attention to you. You uh, you don't find cat anywhere. So um, yeah, it looks like you uh, you escaped completely unnoticed, or rather, unaccompanied by people you don't wish to have follow you. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, 
That's good, at least. And Alhara will go meet up with the others. Okay. So, you... You head on over to Vandy House as you all are hungry and you need food as you miss the hot side hot and the cold side cold. <laughs> but Alhara still has the lukewarm side lukewarm. There's a note tucked into one of the wraps that says, You'll be back. They always come back to the hot Hamlin. Oh my god. Small scroll. He slipped it. He's slipping stuff into our food. Well, yep. like it, no, it's in like the like not in the sandwich, but like like it's wrapped in like a like a like a paper or something. He's reverse pickpocketing us with advertisements. He has spies. Yep. There's spies. There's a spy network between the what? three brothers. Are, wait, mm, Hamlin's house is connected to the to the Red Mantis assassins now. No, 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 no. They just have their own internal network. But of what like, he has but he what has what a if? chef at his. Uh, they each have a chef in the other places, so they can keep an eye on each other. It's like a cold war. A hot war. This is or insane, and it war. is not canon. Listeners, Sorry. this is not canon. I just assumed they were fighting on purpose to promote marketing. I did not actually no, they think they fight. They definitely hate each other. Oh. Hamlin Hot refuses to partake in a cold war. <laughs> Bazinga. My wars are hot. A secret war. A secret war. Ooh. Camlin's Coals is the cold war. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Chop for shapeshifters. Yes. You approach the house. This is a home of obvious wealth constructed of red brick with white granite accents. Wooden shingles cover the roof between three tall brick chimneys. At the roof's peak is a weather vane in the shape of a cockatrice. A path of crushed gravel leads to the front stairs as well as around the house. Wide stairs rise to a front porch between stately inset windows. At the base of the stairs is flanked by a pair of decorative stone urns from which grow small plants, and a stone font is set into the wall next to the front doors. As you heard before, this appears to be not just Vandy House, the home of Mr. Vandy, but this is also the local mortuary. Yeah, what could go wrong? He is the mortician. That's fun. He works at home. Great. All right, let's go in. A knock. As you approach the door, the door opens up, and there's Mr. Vandy. And he gives you a big bow, and he says, Welcome, welcome to Vandy House. Please, please, come in, come in. We will do so. Yep. Dotron falls after the others, as well. Alhara cartwheels into the house. Oh, oh, <laughs> splendid, splendid. And he gives a, like a little clap and applause as you cartwheel in. He says, oh, oh, but do be careful as we do have a viewing tonight and we don't want to disturb those in the viewing. So if you can keep some of your uh, circus acts uh, to a minimum tonight, I, I mean no offense, but uh, uh, let me give you a quick tour of the house. Let me show you around. Is it okay if Riley comes in too? Of course, of course. We often have pets come visit those of the deceased. You'd be amazed how frequently that occurs. So you're looking around. The interior floors are polished hardwood. The ceilings are 12 feet high. The walls are made out of plaster and painted the color parchment with uh, mahogany wainscoting. And there's an oil lamp in every single room and provides a luminous amount of illumination. He brings you over to the uh, west side. He says, this is uh, the viewing parlor. 
you see an elaborate wooden bier that makes up the center of this chamber a wide bricked fireplace occupying the wall directly behind it. A number of uncomfortable looking chairs are arranged around the room, interspersed with small end tables. A gray carpet covers the floor, a stained glass window of deep reds and blues creates somber patches of light upon it, a sliding double door stands in the north wall. He shows you and says, yes, this is a, this is the viewing chamber. And you actually see a, a casket. And he says, yes, yes. I usually allow viewings 12 hours a day for up to three days to allow travel time for more distant family members. But if uh, the family participates in the custom of the vigil, I allow a 24-hour viewings. This, this man right here, he is uh, currently... Uh, being viewed, and I might have to excuse myself for family members if they come to, to view him. And I have a handout, believe it or not. Ooh. Why do I feel this is a setup for a player yeah. character death? I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about. Like, like, you're just establishing all the framework for it, so when the next one of us dies, we're really dead, and then we get to come in here and be viewed by all the party members. Oh, Yay! I definitely didn't think about that, but yeah, that's a good point. This entire map is a threat. Why is there a handout of a coffin? I definitely don't understand that. That's the viewing. The viewing. Why do we need... Oh, no. It's the, the viewing happening at yeah. the same time. Right, right. There's there's someone there who's deceased. And awake. It's awake. In. Yeah, it's awake. Yeah, it's yeah, three days to visit. Why do we to need visit. to see this? This is supposed to be unrelated to us, but this means it's not unrelated <laughs> it's, to us. It's happening. <laughs> um, it's just flavor. Don't worry about it. Just because Kaiser went through wake. the time wake. and effort to create Ooh, a beautiful pretty. handout. And purple. It seems to be his color, by the way. He wears a lot of purple. There's purple mm. on the floor, paper, mm. flowers, purple everywhere. It's a purple party. Hey. Otron, is purple of any special religious significance? Mm, Otron will think if purple is specific to any religion. Or the skull and laurel uh, insignia upon the stone bench that this thing's on top of? No, but you did notice in the front step next to the pole ball, pole ball? Next to the bell pole was a stone font bearing the engraved symbols of Abadar, Arodin, and Phrasma. Oh, very nice. Hmm. You think he's just covering all of his bases, quite frankly. And purple is probably the least offensive color because it probably doesn't... It's probably not associated with anyone specifically. And I hear the dye's cheap, too. <laughs> he, he brings you over to the east yeah. and he says, Oh, this is uh, the, the front room. You see a comfortable leather sofa and a low-polished tea table that stand besides a wide fireplace and mantle. You see comfortable chairs spaced around the room and a rug of dark... Chartreuse lies beneath the hearth. He says, yes, yeah, so let me show you around a little. And then he brings you over to the to the front. To the side, actually. He says, so down these hallways, this is where the kitchen is. And if you need to use the privy, we have a downstairs privy. Uh, it's quite, quite nice. Hmm. So yeah, in the privy, you can see a porcelain commode beneath the east window. And the northern portion of the room holds a cabinet with a pitcher and wash basin, hand towels, and bundled with aromatic dried herbs. Quite nice, quite nice. Well, continue on. Yes, he goes up to the north, and he shows you the, the kitchen. 
And this is an extremely well-equipped kitchen with an iron grill Ooh. over a low fireplace next to a brick oven. There's a large chopping block that occupies the center of the room beneath a rack of hanging cutlery. There's counters and storage cabinets on the north wall. The west wall is a stone stink. Stink? A stone sink? And you see uh, appears to be a husband and wife that are preparing your delicious dinner. And he, he explains, oh, this is Martin and Sarah. And they're like, out, out, the meal is almost ready, out, out. And he's like pushing uh, Vandy out because he's <laughs> interrupting them from like getting the meal ready. They're very upset. You have a lovely home and um, um, memoriam space here, yes? Yes, yes, thank you, thank you very much. I spent many, many years uh, perfecting the art. Let me show you around a bit more. And he continues down the hall and brings you into the room north of the viewing he says and and this is the dining hall this is where we're going to be dining tonight and you see a elegant dining room with a long mahogany table with 10 comfortable chairs and the sideboard with several bottles of liquor and wine as well as a small cask of ale the chandelier is crystal with red quartz and hangs above the tables and this connects to the viewing area and also, there's a curtain that connects to the servant's kitchen. It says, and there's a pantry and other areas as well, but I won't bore you. And the upstairs is where I live. Uh, and sometimes when we have out-of-town guests, I will also put them up there. But uh, let, let's retire to the front room and, uh, and uh, talk before we uh, sit down for dinner and let uh, uh, Martin and Sarah get the uh, feast ready. Okay, very well. Excellent. Suddenly I feel like I'm in the Clue movie. Mm-hmm. Alhara picks a, a chair that allows her to sit and still face the doorway as well as the windows, both side and front. I'm going to sit next to the fire. Typical. It's the only place that's not cold. Yes, he, he, he brings out a small tray with a modest selection of liqueurs. He says, yes, yes, if there's anything you wish to drink, either help yourself or would you like me to prepare something for you? Mr. Bandy, for your hospitality, please allow me to make the drinks for you and the others. Oh, no need, no need, Otteron. You don't need to do that. Please, please. It's I my am house. a talented um, mixer of liquids and chemicals. I am an alchemist by trade, but maybe a also specialist of mixing drinks. Yes? Otteron is very, no, very good. A mixologist. A mixologist, yes. if you will. Mm, I've yes. heard of such a thing. Well, uh, I won't deny you the pleasure of using your arts, so please, please show me. Mm, I w thank you for this. It has been helpful considering my occult studies to focus on something real to serve the body when it is not um, for the soul. Um, and the drinks can be also nourishing for the soul, too. Um, and Atron wants to make nice, fancy drinks for everybody, but also just wants to make sure there's nothing, you know, bad <laughs> or dangerous in these things. So, Alhara will not have a drink. She uh, spins her finger about, pointing to the Aeon Stone orbiting her head. Perhaps not suspicious of any of this, but she can't drink because it's alcoholic. Because I'll make you a mocktail. I'd yeah. have a mocktail. Atron makes a fine beverage that just is fizzy and bubbly without any alcohol, if Hap prefers. Because surely, surely we have only met someone nice and can enjoy a nice evening. Yeah, well, Atron's got to be the careful one. So 
if necessary, I can make like a crafting check. But Aron just wants to make sure nothing smells or seems off. And of course, mixing will always make sure to take a little sip of everything that they make, you know, poured into a separate glass to make sure what they're serving to the others tastes good and also gives uh, them the opportunity to make sure there's nothing poisonous or dangerous, you know, just taste testing. Uh, but we'll be sure to make the finest drinks that they can to serve everybody. Oh, wow. Look at that. Yes, you, uh, you, you notice that the bottles are well-worn and it looks like, you know, he obviously entertains a lot of people, especially in their worst moments. So you do not smell anything suspicious. Everything tastes delicious. You have no problems whatsoever. And as far as you can tell, there is nothing shady going on. Great. Yep. Would you like a crafting check for how good these drinks are? Or Yeah, yeah sure. Let's see. Great. Uh, you might have to use a hero point if you mess up. Oh, geez. That would be embarrassing. I rolled a 19 oh. for a 38. These drinks are amazing. 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 Oh my god, this is great. Wow. Vandy is impressed. He's like, oh, the tales of mixologists are true. Surely you must teach me some of your secrets, as I have never tasted anything quite as exquisite as these. It is about the quality of the ingredients, often benefited by the host. Thank you very much, Mr. Vandy. But also the right application and the pour or shake stir, perhaps, too. So after sampling many many drinks the martins the husband and wife team come in and they announce that dinner is served atron smiles and mr vandy walks and escorts you all to the dining room do do those two work for you or are, are you related oh no the martins they live nearby and they work for me they're a husband and wife team they help keep the house in order they help with the funeral services uh, they have been in my employ for many many years they seem very nice yes yes they are and uh they have a a good uh, a good gig they live nearby they have access to the house they have access to the food stuffs uh, they've been doing this for a very long time we have a, a good arrangement but Behold, and you walk in, and laid out on the table is an excellent meal of goose roasted in raspberry sauce, artichokes, turnip and barley stew, collard greens in goat cheese, and warm black bread served with fresh butter. There's also a selection of good wines of local vintage as well. A small casket of ale can be found on the side table next to a cooling pie made from custard and imported lemons. Wow. Wow. This smells so good. Oh my goodness. This does smell rather good. Please, please, sit, sit, eat, eat. And he just starts taking large pieces of goose and raspberry sauce and artichokes and the stew. He's just... He's just making sure and that everyone has some. He's taking large helpings and building mountains of food and handing it out to everyone, uh, including Alhari, even though he's like, yes, yes, I know you have that stone, but please, I insist, at least at least smell it if you can't eat it. Uh, the smell alone should entice you. Oh, of, of course. And she realizes that she's been being rude, uh, and she'll 
smell and take little like nibbles and taster bites of things. I've Ooh. got Riley sitting next to me. So I kind of want to grab like a piece of the meat and I want to lean over like real close to where I can whisper something to him without anybody hearing. Hey buddy, does this, does this smell okay? Darius has a full mug of ale and a large helping of the stew and like a goose leg and he's ready. He ha he's not ready. He's not eating. He's waiting for the host. But like you can see the anticipation in his eyes. Well, as 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 Hap leans over, Riley literally takes the uh, goose out of your hand and starts chomping on it and and swallowing it whole. So wait, my goose? No, no, my no goose. the one that the oh, Hap okay. that the one That's Hap fine. had. That's fine. And <laughs> Hap is thinking, yeah, it's probably pretty good. As he's uh, he's almost taking your arm off with it. Riley's, Riley sends his regards to the chefs. He's like, no, please, please, eat, eat. And and he takes a, a bite of a, a goose right away and, and says, please, please, as many helpings as you wish. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll dig in. I'll eat. I'll try, to, I'll try to use etiquette, though. I'll do my best. Yeah, Atron's making sure to sample most things and things that they really enjoy they'll eat more of. Is, you know, was careful checking, you know, the spirits, quote-unquote, for any danger, but, you know, is trusting things here now, and unless something, like, alarms their senses as they eat, you know, they're just enjoying the meal now, and whatever small conversation happens around chewing. So please, please, tell me all about your exploits. I want to hear all about the circus and everything you've done uh, with the circus and acts and so forth, so I can help spread the word. I'm sure you're going to be doing advertisements and doing your own samples of acts throughout the town, but anything you can, anything you can say to help, I will, I will be sure to make sure everyone knows all about your circus. I think Acheron would look around, and unless someone else jumps into storytelling, Acheron at least would start with how they met, and then roll pretty much into full detail about you know, the exploits of the circus, but also kind of the adventure and the reclamation of the Aeon Tower and fighting Zulkas and explain that's why, you know, they asked about them. Hmm, fascinating. That's, uh, that's not what I expected. I expected exploits of circus life and uh, putting on various shows, but hmm, sounds like your, your adventures as well. That's Both uh... are important. We live and we make sure others live too. Wow, that's much more exciting than my life. I just try to keep everyone uh, happy here, and I try to keep uh, Karagrange uh, as prosperous as possible, and obviously have to deal with the occasional death. But um, as you said before, I, I put together a, a list, and he brings out the map of the Swardlands. And sure enough, it's similar to the one you saw before. This one has... Lots of trails on it, so you can see the roads, farm tracks, and trails. And he goes on to explain, he says, I recommend that the greatest exposure would be the four principal settlements of the Swardlands. Carrick, of course, uh, Matin Cleave, Castanley, and Turpin Rove. Uh, Turpin Rove is probably the furthest one and the smallest, but as you know, there's a festival coming up, so... Whichever order you wish to go in, although I would say that you obviously do Carrick first, since, well, we're here, and then if you want to continue along the way, I feel that would get you the most exposure. Well, I definitely want to go to Turpin Row. You said that's where the festival is? 
Yes, yes, the festival, the festival in a few weeks. In a few weeks. Well, I definitely think we should participate in that, if at all possible. Mm. Yes, I think you would have a lot of fun there. It's very popular. Uh, that's usually the only entertainment for everyone in the area for the entire year. So the addition of a circus will, will no doubt bring a huge crowd. That uh, sounds good to me. We maybe try to visit Matin and Castanly beforehand then, um, kind of traverse the right uh, timeline to make sure we get to Turpin for this celebration, this festival. Yes, and, and as for those uh, those Aeon Towers you asked about... Y yes. Yes, uh, and he marks it on the map, and you can see here, it's like, well, there's the, the Wellspring Tower, and that's near uh, Matin Cleave to the northeast, and there's Life Root Stone. That's a uh, way to the southwest. That's uh, sort of near the Silwyn Hills in Castle And then, uh, of course, I would say the Old Forest Tower. And the Old Forest Tower, well, it's near the forest, what do you know? Mm -hmm. And that's near Turpin Rove. You know, uh, traditionally, the Swarth folk would go to these towers and leave offerings to Aridin for his bounty. Although, this tradition has fallen out of favor in recent years, especially with the vague, unsettling rumors now circulating regarding the towers. Vague rumors? What, what do you mean? What rumors? He looks around, he's like, well, you know. And then just as he's about to tell you, suddenly the bell rings, and he's like, oh, excuse me, I, I must uh, attend uh, the front door. And um, yes, of course. And sure enough, there's a, a couple that want to come in and, and view the uh, the coffin and the dead body in the room next to you where you're enjoying your meal. Mm -hmm. Ugh, so rude. Were the doors at least shut between the viewing room yes, and the dining yes, room? Yes, oh, yes, okay. the doors are shut, so you don't have to witness uh, a poor man lying in a coffin while you're enjoying goat cheese, collard greens, and a stew. Ataran continues to eat. Yeah, just eating, drinking. This is delicious. After about 20 minutes, he comes back in. He's like, sorry, sorry about that. I'm, I again told you that this would occasionally occur. Um, sorry, once again. This, this is an unfortunate aspect of the mortuary trade. I, I never have a moment to myself. Understood. But thank you for your hospitality. This is all delicious. He says with... A full mouth and not really stopping to breathe. Y yes, it is um, very much understood. This is important to people. Make sure they have a moment to mm, remember that, that they have lost and wish that person well on as they reach the boneyard. So, so what were we talking about? I, I, I forgot exactly. Something about the towers you were saying? Uh, uh, rumors? Something about rumors? Oh, yes. Atron grins a little at Darius. <laughs> rumors, yes. Well, you know, I'm not the man of rumors myself, but uh, supposedly the death of Aridin has caused the power of these towers to fail. And there's Oh, yes, been, that uh... is true. Oh, 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 what do you mean that's true? The power is waning with um, Aridin's presence not firmly felt in the world anymore, the power that is sustaining them is faltering. That is partially why we are here, so we will be 
going to the towers to help with this. Atron's a little bit of an arrogant expert themselves. Yes, I have studied a lot with knights of um, the Aeon Star to uh, learn more. Well, we want it, to help with this. It, is that true? Uh, as you know, I have, I am in the elected position of being in charge of uh, the Carrick Grange, and I try to keep everyone bountiful and prosperous. So, if what you say is true, that would make my life. Oh, so much easier as we've had nothing but hardship and smaller and smaller yields of crops year after year. You're not pulling my leg. I mean, this sounds almost too good to be true. You you, you can honestly do this? Yeah, we're being very serious. <laughs> I mean, we're going to try. Yeah, we have already done this um, once for the tower that we previously uh, visited, the one that I said we stopped the Zolgas at. So we will go to the others and um, also uh, make sure that their orbs are functioning again. Wow, that's, 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 uh, that's amazing. That would, that would make... Oh, I, I don't even know what to say. He seems like completely uh, flummoxed by this news. He didn't expect any of this whatsoever. He's just been dealing with this issue for so long for so many years and it's just been so grating on him plus the running of the mortuary as well he just seems just blown away by this uh this offer of yours it is um why we asked um for info about the uh towers anything you know or maybe people you know that we should talk to that know about the towers or in these Towns will be very good, let alone anything about Zolgas, because they are meddling and causing some trouble. But, well, it, it is a long historical conversation that I can tell you some other time. But um, they they have some right to be angry. Yes. It, it, it is complicated and sad. I do not know if you are an Eridanite, but he stole those orbs from them long ago. No, I, I know... I know nothing of the orbs other than they supposedly brought good luck and good fortune to the Swartlands, but other than that, I, I do not know the history very well. I'm sorry. Yes, it is. Mm, I, I, I was not there. None of us were. But um, it does seem that these orbs were once these orgas, and uh, Eredin took them, and in fashioning up the isle, placed these orbs and cast great magic to kind of unite them and sustain this land and the weather to make this um, good uh, growing and good uh, farmlands. And now that he is gone, they are losing their power. This magic is failing. So we need to go to these towers and fix them. When We have already done one, but I'm sure we will have some difficulty with Zolgas and maybe other creatures involved, but uh, it is nice to have a good meal before we get further on this uh, task. Thank you. Mm, well, in that case, uh, uh, hopefully you will still be able to put on your performances while you're investigating the towers. Is, is, is that going to be an issue, you think? Mm, so far, we have done both, and we have good acts. I think we can absolutely do it. Anything we put our mind yeah. to. Yes. We've done it before. 
Well, as, as you can see, the towers are only a few miles from each of the main cities, so I think you could easily bring your axe to the three main cities I was explaining, and you can also visit the three towers as well. Uh, there, there is a fourth tower, but that's much farther to the north, and I don't know much about it. But I know that there is another nearby tower as well. Mm, near the, uh, the belts, right? Yes? Yes, yes. It's near the town of Willowside. But uh, I, I don't really know much about uh, that area of the world. We will go in time. Well, this has just been so illuminating. But I, uh, I have to admit, uh, you appear to not just be circus folk, but, but heroes of some renown. Maybe, um, and he sort of, uh, looks over in a hushed tone and goes, maybe you can actually hear or maybe even address an actual problem that I myself have of a personal nature. Yes, um, we are happy to, um. That is what we do. <laughs> yes. And with that, we'll do that as the cliffhanger. Ooh, nice. Good cliffhanger. Cool. Every so often, these bodies I'm preparing, they just, like, wake up, and they're all like, oh, let me eat your brains. So it's a problem. What? I, I didn't tell you, but 20 <laughs> minutes ago, the guy woke up in the other room. I didn't <laughs> want to disturb your meal. <laughs> he ate. He's all, yeah, don't worry about it. It's just a mortgage. I mean, yeah. what's the worst that can happen? The viewings happen. They just have to chain down the body. Dessert it's is ruined. You've been listening to Roll for Combat, Three Ring Adventure, a Pathfinder actual play podcast. If you have a question or comment for the show, please visit us at RollForCombat.com. You can also find us and play various games on our Discord channel at Discord.RollForCombat.com. You've been listening to Roll for Combat. Until next week, always remember that Mountain Dew is not one of the four food groups.